Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The passion for the world's beautiful game has never been stronger. And now there is one place to get all your insight, analysis, and hot topic discussion. Especially if you're a fan of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy, or their heated rival, LAFC. It's time to roll out the ball and kick things off here on the Believe Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, former MLS goalkeeper Dan Kennedy and soccer broadcast veteran Mark Rogandino. We're back here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. It's a post-Mother's Day edition alongside Dan Kennedy, Mark Rogandino, and the rest of our Believe Sports Podcast crew. DK, welcome back. How was the weekend? A couple of mimosas, hanging with the moms. And, of course, the little ones. I mean, you really can't ask for much better. And, of course, we also had week 11 of Major League Soccer, which had fireworks, upsets, surprises, uh, new coaches taking the helm and seeing what kind of results they could get. There's a lot to talk about, my man. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I I love these, uh, like, semi-holiday weekends to give us a reason to to go out and, like, and celebrate a little bit here, Rogues. And then you kind of lock everybody in one location and there's nothing you, you've done all this like planning and you're like, OK, we're going to cook this. We're going to do that. And then you have a whole day and you're like, what else are we going to do? And put on some soccer. Perfect. So uh, caught some games um, and just disappointed with the galaxy and in general and uh, LAFC um, continue to impress. So the gap may be widening. Let me let me start with a couple of points here. First, uh, only because my brother he listens to the podcast. Tony Rogan Dino <laughs> listens to the podcast Tony. every week, and thank you, thank you, Tony, for doing that. Um, but he always he always says something to me like, "Dude, you guys always bring up drinking." Like, <laughs> so so yet yes, people, we want you to know that um, yeah, we, Dan and I in our post you know playing careers, we 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 like to have a little bit of fun with 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 uh, a couple of beverages sometimes with our friends, uh, but we and we also have the little bit of the uh, wagering edge that we put into the show here on the podcast money. but we also love just talking soccer and talking the ins and outs of what is specifically going on with LAFC and the LA Galaxy but I should add one more layer obviously this last weekend Dan was huge in the Premier League and also I had the opportunity to call the Borussia Dortmund game on Saturday morning uh, along with Jovan Karofsky while the Bayern Munich game was going on on Big Fox so it's coming down to the wire for European leagues and their, you know, some of the stretch runs in their title races. But also now all of a sudden things are heating up in Major League Soccer. So it's a fantastic time to be you and me and having a couple of drinks and also watching soccer. Yeah, and no better reason to have a couple of drinks on a on a on a nice Sunday morning than Mother's Day. That's right. That's you know right. what I mean? We're, right. we're celebrating, bud. We're celebrating. Hey. Hey, let's let's start with the Galaxy first here, because um, they had two matches last week. Uh, they started midweek in Columbus, and it's a game that both, given the circumstances, Columbus coming in the losers of five straight matches after they had started the season really good. I think we were both all thinking, wow, what has happened with Caleb Porter and this Columbus crew team? And all of a sudden, the Galaxy go in there. I'm expecting them to win. You're expecting them to win. And they walk away with nothing in a 3-1 defeat. Well, and it's, it it uh, it followed the the New York Red Bull game, which was really competitive. And so, if we rewind, uh, literally ten days ago, um, Galaxy were leading into this two two game road trip, and then following it up, booking it, bookending it with the NYCFC at home. And I thought going into the road trip, it was like, okay, they'll get three points, maybe four. That I was I was just optimistic. I, the team was gelling. And um, New York was uh, a game that could have gone either way. Galaxy performed. Columbus was extremely flat, and they got taken advantage of, and they never looked like they were into the game. And then they came home, uh, and it was time to put your, you know, your foot down. But without Jonah Dos Santos, I tell you what, this Galaxy midfield looked a heck of a lot different. Well, so, so are you thinking that 
based on all the emotion and what a big New York LA matchup it was the previous weekend, say four probably four days prior to that, are you thinking that there's a little bit of a let off? And and it is natural, you see it across all walks of sports that there's a little let off because you were riding on adrenaline, high emotions in a big matchup against Red Bulls where you lost three two. A lot of Galaxy fans would say that game was stolen away from us. Uh, because of some of the goals that were called back for both for both teams, is, is that how you feel, or you feel that they just came out flat? Period. Well, I, I, maybe that was a, a reason why they came out flat, and they looked at the Columbus Crew that hadn't won in five games, um, and just thought it was going to be an easier game than it was. Uh, but the tide turned, and it, and, it, and it turned quick. And then you host an NYCFC team that. Um, had a very slow start to the first six games of the season. Now they've fallen into a little bit of a form um, and they show up to, to dignity health sports park. And uh, there wasn't a lot of opportunities for the galaxy uh, in this game. Um, you know, Ibrahimovic gets in behind and, and scores a goal that gets called back, but it was never even close. The offsides should have been called way earlier. And, and then the second half, um, you had that tussle with Sean Johnson, which we'll get to, but uh, it just they were they were outdone, and and I and I guess now I start to think about why I've think why they have been weak in in previous seasons, Mark, and they have been weak because of their pace in midfield, and the minute that they brought in Joe Corona and Sebastian Legette's now fit, and you have Jonah Dos Santos who's maybe the best player aside from Ibrahimovic on the team, uh, you can control midfield and possession. And now this with Jonah out, it kind of highlights again, the fact that they're a little slow in midfield. And if they don't control the ball um, and the game gets a little bit open, they're really susceptible. When I look at this NYC FC team, uh, I see some good pieces. I like Sean Johnson. I like Maxi Morales. Um, I like Matriza. He, I think he is going to be a dynamic player for them. But, but still, for me, and and this speaks to the result. For me, how do you let a let's call him a solid B plus team come all the way across the country and into your house and beat you to nothing? Oh, and it was for for me the. The story was was told in in tempo and possession and rhythm. I mean, uh, Man City or Man City, excuse me, NYCFC um, just dictated the 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 ball and easy 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 hiccup. By the way, they are they yeah, are they're they Man, Manchester City. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But I mean, we're talking about sixty percent possession on the road, uh, and then you know, Galaxy is slightly opportunistic with um with with seven seven corner kicks. Uh, but when I when I look at, at the control of the game and then the chances um, that were created, uh, you know, NYCFC are, are creating chances inside the box in which Galaxy uh, are kind of creating these half chances in the box and maybe a couple shots from from distance. Um, to me, uh, Galaxy needed to get a goal in the first half. They didn't. And the, the, their confidence almost looks a, a, a little bit rattled. Also, I was completely puzzled by the lineup that Scalotto put out. I, I, I know you're, you're right. I I know that you're talking about Jonathan Dos Santos and how how valuable Jonah is to this LA Galaxy team. But the, why at home would you ever? It literally has almost looked like five across the back. Well, so you're you're forcing Giancarlo Gonzalez into the lineup, right? He he's a he's a big signing. Uh, Daniel Stairs has been your best defender in the back line, and that's the position that Gonzalez is supposed to play. So what do you do? Well, you see if you can play three in the back with two wing backs. And Arojo may may be able to to fill that void. Arojo. Arojo. (laughs) Triore looked a little young and inexperienced for me. And then you, if, if those two guys aren't, um, are, aren't attack getting into the attack, then all you're doing is, is giving away field space. And that's kind of what played out in real time as in NYCFC just controlled tempo. Right. But, but I think you would agree with me, Dan, you go away with what has been working for you in the sense that Ibra is your point man all the way up top. And you have 
a contingency of three guys that were underneath him with Antuna, Leggett, uh, obviously Allison Genie has picked up the injury too, but you had you, you you kind of had a formation where you had two really good defensive center mids with with uh, like say Carrasco and Servando Carrasco and um, Dos Santos playing in front of your back four, and then you had three really offensive minded players there with with Ibra at the top. That is nothing what it looked like in this game. Yeah, you you probably could have moved stairs out to right back, had a little bit more balance midfield. Um, maybe instead of Carrasco, uh, ask Corona to sit in front of the back four and bring on a, a Chris Pontius to start the game. Um, and maybe just just try to, since you're plugging holes, try to have a bit more balanced uh, 4 4 Two or four four one one formation to support Ibrahimovic because I mean that that's the one thing you can't expect him, the big man to do is just to track and if the other team's going to dictate possession all that means is that Ibra's not getting his touches that's all that it means and if you can't get Ibra the ball in these games and this is what happened in in Columbus too um, that's how you take him out you have you if you're the opposing team playing against the Galaxy it's not this isn't someone that you can just oh we'll, we'll match up with him better. Well, no, you don't match up with this guy. It's about you controlling the game as a team, keeping the ball off the feet of Galaxy players, and then throughout the match you're going to give yourself a better chance. And last thing on the lineup part, and if you wanted to make sure that you pushed Gonzalez, Giancarlo Gonzalez into the lineup, Diego Palenta, guess what? You're going to start the game right next to me here on the bench. But right. if things aren't if things aren't going right, if something happens to Stairs, if he's getting pulled out of positions, if Gonzalez hasn't adapted to MLS play, which we've seen a lot of South American players and Central American players have trouble doing at times when they first come into the league, then guess what? You're gonna you're gonna make a change and you adjust then. But I just can't. It, for me, it was the first um, hiccup in a while that Scalotto has made in over a month or two since kind of making his adjustment after the first couple of weeks of the season and really getting the engine revving for the LA Galaxy. And now all of a sudden you're like, there's a lot of question marks. Um, but we'll see what we'll see what happens in the well, coming no, weeks. No, I, I think you're right. And it's a, it's a good point, Rogues, just because now what? So, so you've, okay, you had a good performance, bad result in New York. We can, everybody can digest that. You have a, and, then, and that uh, happens. Yeah, you can digest that. No big deal. Then you followed up by a very poor performance and a, and a poor result in Columbus. And by the looks of Columbus, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a game that something's on the table if you show up and take it professionally. And then on, on, the, ba- on the back end, uh, you go and, and now you're back at home where you've had an undefeated record against a team that's kind of surging up the Eastern Conference. And you look a shell of yourself. So now what? Um, and you, you put out a lineup that was different uh, in terms of formation and personnel from all season. And now I just think you've uh, raised some questions amongst the, the, the players and you're, you're hoping for some, some big, big response going into this week. All right, so you, you alluded to it uh, in the early going here on uh, this week's edition of the podcast, again, here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Uh, a little dust-up, I would call it, between Sean Johnson, NYCFC goalkeeper, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I think it came probably with about, what was it, probably about 15 minutes left in the second yeah. half, maybe 20 minutes left in the second half. Um, I, I want to hear your take on it, but let me throw mine out there since we, and folks, we have not discussed this at all. So Dan, DK, I has tried no to rogues. I tried, yes, I was fired. I up. cut rogues him off, but DK off. has no idea what, what I'm thinking about this. So, uh, clearly there was, you know, frustration from Zlatan from my van. I was watching it live. My vantage point, he's frustrated. You know, obviously the game isn't going their way. They're losing two nothing. And he is a clever guy. We know that he is a clever guy, and he and he is he does little things sometimes. Uh, you would call them veteran moves, but sometimes they're sneaky, and they might you know catch another player off guard to where the other player retaliates, and all of a sudden you've got a red card or whatever it is, or you get under a defender's skin. In this instance, after after they got tangled up, to me, I thought Sean Johnson was going in for like a hey respect 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 you respect me like i'm coming in here like they, uh, to me i think he was going in to be like hey yeah you you are one of the best players in this league i'm a very good goalkeeper i thought he was going into like whether it's a pat on the backside or it is a little uh, pat on the top of the head i thought he was going in thinking Zlatan was going to be like hey respect 
and only to see Zlatan kind of reach up. And I don't know if you agree, DK, but I thought he went in and he tried to pinch the side of Sean Johnson's neck. He tried to, they went into kind of in a close proximity and he tried to pinch on the side of Sean Johnson's neck. That's why Sean Johnson all of a sudden goes, dude, what is this? And he, you know, he, he did over embellish, but he goes down trying to make Zlatan didn't look like the bad guy. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, it's a fair interpretation. I, uh, I, I was puzzled. Like, I, I don't know why Sean Johnson's in there. Um, and to your point, like, Part, he was he almost didn't know why like he he was confronting Ibra and you just didn't know was it going to be a, a bro hug like or a pat on the a pat on the rear or uh, was Sean going to say something to Ibra like I couldn't tell you know if the score if the and if the score is reversed I bet you Zlatan comes in and gives him a pat on the back right right yeah but, and, but the fact that he's well, losing at home two nothing and frustrated. He, he, his, his mind, I don't, I don't, I mean, his mindset is just different, right? He had, it's not a screw loose, but he has a little bit of that, like, if it's yeah, not going right, it's, and it's yeah, not, got, it's not going my way. Like, you better watch out because I will come after you. Right. And, and from, from my, my perspective, Ibra knows exactly what he's doing. I, exactly. I think wholeheartedly, like, you don't, you don't put your hand up there and squeeze or whatever you did. Now, was it, over embellished absolutely and that's what drives me nuts like i still don't and i told you this two weeks ago when Eber got in that kid's face from salt lake after he scored the goal i don't uh, like if he gets in my face if he if he if he grabs me by the throat i mean there's probably a shove you know and i just don't i don't get the like hitting the deck uh you know like just like going to the ground it's the same thing when i see players you know, kind of get in each other's face and one guy, you know, maybe sticks his head in just a little bit for a, a nudge on the forehead. And it's it's a, it's a different. There's a difference right. to me between a nudge and a butt. Right. For sure. A head for butt sure. is a red, a red card clear. A little nudge is like back up, whatever we can. We can have a little uh, back and forth and, and no one should be sent off. The ref should have a word. Give everyone a yellow card. Um, I expect the league to come and, and suspend Ibra. I mean, I, I think by the lay of the law, how they've interpreted it multiple times since they came out and said hands on the face are a red card, Ibra should have a suspension, period. Sean Johnson should not that's have not, a suspension. That's not happening, though. No. Okay, that is, oh, not, that, oh, is not, I, that is not happening. I, I agree. I agree. And But that's my, my feeling. You do that, red card. Uh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Suspension. It probably should have been a red card off of off of replay. Um, I thought it was going to be. I thought yeah. they were going to go to VAR and it was going to be a straight I'll, red I'll, right there. I'll tell you, Rogues. If Sean Johnson would not have embellished it, he could have gotten in Eber's face, pushed him off, gone over to the referee, and said, "Go watch him. He squeezes my neck. I'm, yeah. I'm not going yeah. to the ground, but he squeezes my neck. Just go look. Just go look. Hands to the yeah. face. Yeah, and Hands I on. I I think that's where. You know, you and I are probably from a similar mold that I wouldn't have I wouldn't have. And you've played in thousands of bigger games than me, DK, but I wouldn't have gone down and embellished like that. I would have been like, what the F are you do? What the F are you do? What the F are you throwing my hands up and like, get off me? What the F are you doing right now? Yeah. So there's no place in the game for it to to both of our points. But um, it it just shows you that if the Galaxy are in in a hard place. And I'm a center back, or I'm a or I'm a goalkeeper. What am I doing? I'm going after this guy, man. If I'm playing against the Galaxy, I'm going to be in Eber's ear, and I'm going to be jawing with him, and I'm going to try to get him out of his game. He's he's a player that 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 says he plays better angry. Well, he he plays on that line. And he if does. He, and if this you remember uh, Hasley, Eric Hasley in in Vancouver. Big, strong, power forward. This guy scored some unbelievable goals. And Goal he of the was year in Major so, League Soccer yeah, one year. He was so technical. This guy was so clean on the ball. And he could have had a much stronger MLS career had he been able to keep his head. And mm. once, the, once the secret was out, then it was, it, the refs were looking for it. The players were looking for it. And it became a much harder league for him to play in. And his, his, his career just fizzled. And Ebra, I'm not saying it's going to – Ebra's more of a he's, – he's got a lot more class to him. But I'm just saying there's there's something to it that, you know, if, if you approach it the right way with the right mentality, you can you can play some mind games. Great insight, DK. Great insight. Let's move on to uh, LAFC's 
uh, matchup with the Columbus crew. Obviously, Columbus had finally broken their losing run of five matches with the 3-1 midweek win against the Galaxy, and they have the L.A. double dip by hosting both of the L.A. MLS clubs in the span of about four days. And so LAFC hits the road for their sixth road game of the year, going out there to uh, Mapfree Stadium in Columbus. You and I were both in agreement last week when we talked about it, that coming off of two straight draws where they should have taken more points than they did, we felt like, you know what, here it comes. Uh, Columbus is going to be in for a hurting in this one. It eventually turned out that way, but for, about game, se- but, but for about 70 minutes, it did not look that way. In fact, the, both teams were trading some counter punches for about the better part of about 75 minutes in this one. Yeah, it was it was it was a good game. And, uh, you know, this is a, another point on uh, I don't I don't thrive on or dwell on. Uh, analyzing games through the possession statistic, but it's an indicator for a couple things. And one, in years past under Berhalter regime, this Columbus crew team uh, forgave possession to no one. And they they played a certain style um, that was particularly hard to play against when you were in Columbus. And uh, now, you know, Caleb comes in, he's, he, he's got a very difficult task on his hand, uh, to try to change the system, the style, uh, with a, a, a similar group of of players, and it's been a it's been a tough season for him. Um, they had a little a, a little boost performance against the Galaxy, probably made him feel a hell of a lot better, and they actually played um, a, a scrappy game uh, against LAFC, and it was interesting. Um, that Iguain was left out of the squad, and I thought it was actually a decent tactical decision uh, by K- by Caleb just to say, hey, listen, we're going to kind of bunker in here, and and we're going to get you know 11 guys on the field that that can defend. Um, and they held on through I think it was through like 83 minutes, and then the the yes. wheels fell off the bus um, in the late stages. Uh, but I mean this the interchange of um rossi vela ramirez atuesta and now um mark anthony k is becoming more and more dangerous uh, th- this team uh, makes me beg the question of how how many points they can get i mean at this point in the season with how advanced they are compared to all the other teams in the league like i think they can actually pull away i think they can really create a gap between themselves and everybody else, and they could secure a supporter shield really early on if they have the ability to push themselves. Because in the in the end, I think that's what it's going to be. It's going to be about LAFC pushing themselves. Um, the one thing I'd say about this game, Rogues, is I don't think Mark Anthony was K was trying to score that goal. I think he was trying to lay off a pass. <laughs> I told I would totally agree with you. I love Mark Anthony K, and I would totally agree with you. If you go back, folks, and look at the replay of it, it's a great um, oh, a great clini- finish. <laughs> a, no, no, but a, a great a great clinical move leading up to it, and a beautiful little diagonal ball from Latif Blessing to slip between a couple of defenders uh, as K is entering from the right side of the 18. He's basically trying to play it with his left left foot first time back across to Christian Ramirez, who would have been wide open for a tap in for a tap in, but he hits it with just the the right English on it that it actually kind of just a little bit of left to right bend into the lower corner past Joe Bendick, uh, who started in place of Zach Steffen. So let me go back to your comment about Caleb Porter and thinking that tactically this was a, a wise decision for him. And immediately when you said that, my brain goes back to two weeks ago when we had Jimmy Conrad right here with us uh, on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Jimmy was talking about his time under Bob Bradley, DK, and he was saying, sometimes I felt like when I was playing for Bob that he never gave us the indication that we were good enough to beat the team that we were playing, right? When he was talking about the national team. Do you remember that? Right. And so so in this game, Columbus comes out. They do not have Zach Steffen, who for me is one of the best young goalkeepers in the league right now. Yeah. Um, But Joe Bendick is – To be fair, Zach Zach Steffen's actually one of the best young goalkeepers uh, we've seen since Tim Howard. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's better than Bill Hamid. And he's better than Sean Johnson were at that age. Um, he is ahead of the curve. Very, very good goalkeeper. So, but Joe Bendick is no slouch as a backup. Correct. He single, he single-handedly kept Orlando in some games over the last couple of years yeah. when he was down he there. Top. 
where that yeah, where they would lose a game, say one nothing, but it could have been five nothing easily, or they would tie a game one one or something like that when they probably should have lost that game. I I, I have a hundred percent respect for this guy, and and he is a very formidable backup. He could probably start for a few teams, a handful of teams in the league. Well, right that, now. I mean they, they they brought him in because uh, he he will be the starter for the, for this team, um, and in due time. So so let me let me say this. I feel like. When Higuain came in the game in the second half, the game changed for Columbus. They were a better team when he came into the game. Yes, given it's into the second half and legs are more tired than they were from the opening whistle, but how can you not have his creativity because on at the beginning of the game? But that's the tactic. That's exactly it. Is we're not gonna we're not gonna have him start the game in a f- first half that's gonna be. Um, High speed, a lot of defending, a lot of energy and effort expended, and we just had three games in a week, or this is our third game in a week. Sure. And what we're going to do is we're going to let the game calm down, we're going to let the legs tire a little bit, and give him the time and space he needs to have a big impact, and then we get you in the game when it's zero zero or one nothing either way, and we give you a chance to make the game because we, right. we all agree that Iguain has the chance to make a game. So it's about, it's about, okay, after a heavy, heavy week, let's make sure we give him the best chance to make the game. So I, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, but I actually, I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was an acute decision that I, I supported. No, um, fair point. And, fair and, point. and, 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 or, and it's about messaging. So if Caleb had the, if if he was really thinking what I interpreted his decisions to 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 if I'm getting in his head, um, I would have as a coach told my players a game plan. Okay, right. fellas, this is the game plan. We're gonna we're putting this group out to start. What I need is you guys to get us to halftime, zero zero or up one nothing. Period. We're bringing we're bringing in the magician in the second half, and we're gonna fucking go get him. Yep. Yeah, you know. no, that's a, that's a fair point, and and obviously that's you know that's the beauty of our discussions is that I I'm I'm only watching the game and I wasn't seeing it that way, and and to add another layer to that part of it, if Pedro Santos finishes his chance right. and doesn't 100%. force doesn't force Tyler Miller into that big save, I think it was uh ten minutes into the second half, fifteen mm-hmm. minutes into the second half, best really the only true. I, I call him bonus save, quote unquote, big time save that Tyler Miller makes on the entire night. Right. Um, the game is totally different because it's immediately one one. And now all of a sudden Higuain is in and it's it's game on. Right. Right. Yeah. And it was. Yeah. It, for all those reasons, it was it was a good game. But, you know, I think that all of this is, is credit to this this LAFC team, to be honest. I mean, they're going places and teams are adjusting the way they think about the game. Right. And and it's I look at the bench now and I'm like, OK, well, Lee Wynn um, didn't even start. Andre Horta is supposed to be the bee's knees and he just hasn't even gotten going for this LAFC side because they got there's they're six. They're six in in the attack are so darn good. Um, Diamande comes off the bench and starts to look a little bit stronger than he has in weeks past and may start actually challenging Ramirez. Um, so. This this team's in 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 darn good shape. Um, if they stay fit and they stay motivated, which bobble bobble lean on them, um, I, I think this could be a a, a really special regular season. Uh, you look at uh, last point on this, and then we'll move on to a couple of uh, league wide stories. Uh, Christian Ramirez, I asked you last week, does LAFC have to go out and find themselves a true number nine? I love Christian Ramirez, and I think he has a role with this team, but I think his role might be coming off the bench in the 60 or 65th minute because he, for me, great guy, but he hasn't done enough to say, I am the starting I am the starting center forward for this team when you fill up the lineup sheet every single time. Yeah, and he, it, it, he is a bit of a spark player. Um, Streak, streaky. Yeah. Yeah, and so and this is like I mean he the, scored double this, digits last year the, with Minnesota and LAC. Well, this was the conundrum with Alan Gordon and why teams couldn't figure out they liked him until nine years into his career. Yeah, he's alleged. He's yeah, alleged. But because you didn't like if if you signed Gordon, Alan Gordon, and you were like, we need him to be a starter, 
He's right. not. He's not. Right. Right. And then you'd be like, well, we just we kind of pay him just a little bit too much to sit on the pine all the time. But the reality is the minute Bruce Arena was like, listen, this guy is just coming off the bench for me, period. Um, those were some of his most impactful minutes ever. And he just knew Huge. his role, you know, yep. spark the team. Come and on, he would, spark yep. the team. Go stick get his head in, stick his right. head in places, places that no, no one else wants. Stick right. his head in places no one else wanted to go. You know, mix it up with a center back that they, no one else was the, even the, going close the to the rest thing, of the game. Yeah, the one thing we don't see, and you see it more than I, but is is the comparison between Ramirez and Diamande day in and day out in training. And that's, I mean, for me, it's the fitness thing. Like he had some offseason issues, and then he pulled some right. soft tissue injuries at this earlier this year in Diamande. Um, but you know, there's, there's gotta be something to it. And to be fair, you like a, a forward, um, like Wayne Rooney. So say if you had Wayne Rooney in this attack, he doesn't compliment Carlos Vela as much as Ramirez does. Right. So he's clearing space. He's occupying center backs. And, um, you know, sometimes you just got to do the dirty work to free up those other guys. Well, and the beauty of it is, and the luxury for Bob Bradley really is, is that at times he just pushes Carlos Vela into that number nine role. He takes Ramirez off and he brings in, say, a Lee Wynn, right? Or he's been able to put Latif Blessing in at an outside back spot and bring a Lee Wynn into the fold or a Josh Perez into the fold. Mm -hmm. So Vela gives him the luxury of not only kind of a player that drifts out wide and gets the ball in spaces and then is kind of attacking from the edges – but if you need to, you push Vela into a more central role and he can still dip in and find central space, you know, 10 yards out from the edge of the 18 where you well, play. Through I mean, that's where you he play through him. That's you, where he scored for the third. Uh, goal. How about how about that? How about that goal? He ran through three Columbus players and yeah. then he just put it into the upper corner. Yeah. For me, a team that's engaged uh, and, and it's not so late in the game where you just gave up the second um, that that goal never happens. But uh, that just shows his quality. I mean. The two the two players he pushed through, both of them thought the other was going to make the challenge. Uh, they didn't. And then once that ball gets on his left foot, man, I mean, he is just lethal. All right, let's uh, let's open up the microscope a little bit and go a little more league wide uh, following the discussion for the two Southern California MLS teams. Um, some big stories. Let's start with Philadelphia. Uh, is this team for real? You know, I mean. They have start started to put the ball in the back of the net regularly. They are the top team in the Eastern Conference right now, uh, along with DC United. Both teams on 23 points through 12 matches. You get the sense that maybe like there's something special happening out there in Philadelphia. And we've always said the Eastern Conference is not as tough as the West, but they are proving so far through two and a half months to be the cream of the crop in the East for me. Uh, yeah, and they what this? So we talked about philly when when they when they played the galaxy and this is just a scrappy side and they've been a scrappy side um ever since jim Curtin uh took over and they were almost um a poor man's new york red bull right away like same similar philosophy compress the field they want to pressure when they get the opportunity to they didn't quite have the class of players that the red bulls had over the years and I'm thinking like Red Bulls with Sasha Kleschen and Dax McCarty. Right. Um, but that's I remember playing them under Jim's uh, toolage early on and thinking like he's he's on to the 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 pressure system disrupt and just make you feel uncomfortable. And and the problem was always goals for. It was always goals for. It was always who was gonna be who was gonna have the quality in the squad to consistently put the ball in the back of the net. And to have 23 goals through 12 games is almost two goals a game. And they're giving up only one a game. Um, Obviously, those statistics speak for themselves, but they're clean at home, five and one at home. And on the road, they're just 500. And that is a that's a that's an Eastern Conference championship all over it. If you can be that clean at home and scrap points on the road. And I feel like the one thing so they were missing a little bit of quality. They've 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 slowly address that enter mark enter marco fabian marco fabian and then also come a little quality comes some results confidence grows and now you have some belief and uh it's validated i think the work that jim's done philly's you know 
actually, to be fair, have been patient with Jim Curtin. Um, and it's paying off, man. It's really paying off. Uh, another Eastern Conference team making a little bit of noise this past week. We have spoken about Brad Friedel and his comments talking about players a couple of times here uh, on our podcast. And so Brad, given his walking papers recently from New England, and clearly you could tell uh, for me from watching from the outside, I think you could tell that the players were like, screw this guy. The things that he says, you know, I mean, there was comments with him going out the door that, you know, well, and, and it's. He, it, it's fun. Sorry to interject here, Rogues, but league I mean, I get on Twitter during MLS weekend soccer time to monitor scores, check opinions, who's doing what. And I just re- this is one thing I pulled, but it was multiple ex players in different markets being like, know your role. You can't make that general of an assumption here, you know? Right. And and if and if you're stirring it up outside the locker room, what's it look like inside? Because that's I mean, that's to me uh, typically the first sign of, of a manager on his way out the door losing touch with the, with the players is when the manager resorts to comments in the media to get a response. Uh, that's to, if you can't motivate guys within the four walls of a locker room, going to the media doesn't usually work. At least not, I, not not what I've ever seen in any sport, any pro sport. Well, and, and I was going to say, you've probably been in a couple of those locker rooms. I mean, you guys had some rough times uh, off and on at Chivas USA when you were there. Uh, I, I mean, you probably – there was probably no – like there was no music pumping and guys like, yeah, we're ready for – I mean, you tell me. What was it like in that locker room in, in your estimation? You weren't in there, but I know, I know you've been in similar situations. Well, you're looking for solutions, Rogues. And that's what you're looking for. I mean, you want you like you're on the field, you're questioning what decisions you should be making. Uh, you what you want is someone to take the the bull by the horns and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're giving up freaking five goals a week. Um, so we're going to screw the ball, screw offense. This is how we're going to damn defend and we're going to defend for our lives and we're going to get to halftime zero zero. And then we'll talk about it again. Um, so, yeah, you're looking at that point for solutions. And then when you, I mean, everybody's feeling like shit anyway, uh, you start bringing the critici- criticism in from outside and it just becomes a distraction. And, and, and I, I, I think that's when you start losing people. Uh, speaking of losing people. So Mike Burns, their general manager <laughs> now, now, now also shown the door. Uh, don't let it hit you on the way out. But. Uh, as you and I were discussing before we came on, we do discuss some things, folks, but we don't discuss everything when we come on. So that way it can be completely organic here uh, on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. But but Friedel and Mike Burns, those guys have a very tight relationship. And so when one goes, uh, unless something crazy happens, right, you, we've seen this in basketball. We've seen this in football. You know, usually the second guy follows, too. Well, you know, my expectation when this happened was, you know, I I, I know they have a a former relationship and it it felt like when it happened, it was Mike Burns' last move anyway. Like it was this needed to work out or change was coming. Um, And that's why, I mean, you have to give uh, the guys that sit in the seats of general managers in this league massive respect because they make uh, they make the decision that they have to sit on for two years uh, or a year and a half before they know it's going to work out or not. And, and you need foresight, insight, um, and, and leadership ability to go and execute on that. And Mike's Mike, you know, he took over in the early days of new England of which the, when he took over, the team was poor, uh, turned it around quickly um, under the nickel era and, and had some, some MLS cup appearances and were a really good team. And then, uh, you know, Jay Heaps kind of made a little bit of noise, but for the most part, they've been flat and haven't been a good t- a good team for the past uh, more than handful of years. And um, Friedel couldn't sort it out. Uh, Burns is the leader. You got to go. You got to shake it up. Um, I'll be interested to see what direction New England go because they've just historically not been a very ambitious club. Uh, on the on the on the check side of of things, when at times is sit down and 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 write a check to go get a big player or three or go get a a, a coach 
um, uh, that'll mix it up or a GM that'll mix it up. I'm, I'm just interested to see. I, I feel like this is a pivotal point in the New England Revolution um, organization. They need desperately need a stadium. Um, I was, now who, yeah, who I was you, just going to say, yep. yeah, who, who are you going to put in charge? Who's going to lead you to that stadium in that stadium and, and, and bring that brand back to the top of major league soccer. I don't well, know. Right. They're, they're one, they're one of the very few teams, uh, left in the league that, you know, still play in a football stadium, which is, you know, seats 60,000 plus, And they average probably, you know, 10,000 a game would probably be generous, um, you know, you know, so it's like there's they're they're an MLS original that's still kind of stuck in that very very old archaic mold where you're like DC United was there for a long time, but now DC United has gotten Audi Field and look at them, right? They brought and yeah, they brought in they correct. spent the money they brought in Rooney and Acosta they were patient has, has, with, with yes. Ben Olsen. very patient, very patient. So uh, you know, the, uh, I, I mean, I'm looking at the the list of teams. There's not too many teams that are still in that particular mold. Everyone else has got, gotten their stadium, has improved things, uh, especially if they're an MLS original. So we'll see how that pans out in New England. Uh, by the way, uh, FC Cincinnati also made the coaching change, and they got a win um, under their, their new coach, uh, Johan Dalmet. So that's that's good for them, too. Let's, let's move on because um, we want to keep the viewers going here with us and get back on to LAFC and uh, the LA Galaxy. Big double dip on the weekend for LAFC. Let's start with the black and gold, DK, because in another weird scheduling quirk from Major League Soccer, I hate, you might I remember, hate this. I hate a couple this. of weeks ago, they played Seattle two weekends in a row in kind of a home-and-home, home, right? They won the first one thrashing them 4-1 and then went up to the Emerald City and ended up 1-1 playing against really a 10-man Sounders side for about 70 minutes uh, in that one, which was a good result for the Sounders. So now this week, it's a Thursday night affair uh, at home inside Bank of California Stadium against SC Dallas. And then they turn around and they play them again on Sunday um, out in Dallas, out in Frisco. Really weird in the terms of the scheduling. I just don't know why well, Major League Soccer would want to do this. Yeah, it's a short week. Um and and this is where I say the algorithm was off, rogues. Uh, you know, they, they, who who knows what 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 program they're throwing. Yeah, throwing but when it popped up, when it popped into, up that way, when it you popped, got it, when you it gotta, popped up that it, way, you would have been like, edit. oh no, we'll move that one till till yeah. like September. Right. There's got to be a way to edit it, and um, I hate it, but I actually think that this could be. Um, this is a this is a very important week for for both teams. Because FC Dallas has shown that they're 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 better than what we anticipated they would be um, for a young side, new coach. Uh, they're they're competing, they're fighting above their weight. Um, I still have questions about their durability over the course of a season. I have questions when they step up to the to the table to the big boys, and and LAFC are a, a big boy team right now, and I think it hurts FC Dallas that their first game is at the bank. Um, I think this could go I, – I think that they're going to come out, put in a good effort. Uh, I, I think LAFC is going to beat them 2-1. Um, and then that makes it really tricky on the on the psychology of the, the young FC Dallas team. They're going to go back home, and I think LAFC is going to go beat them again. Wow. Just yeah. throwing out the predictions right there yeah. like that. I love it. So then you have a 2-1 scoreline at the bank on Thursday yeah. night. What do, you, what do you see happening out yeah, in Frisco I, yeah, on Sunday? And, and remember, that's a, that's a 2 o'clock start time right. on Sunday out there in the Dallas area. Right, and I don't know what the weather is going to be like. It could be hot. But um, that said, I, 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 because it's double game in a week and Dallas are going to try to go sort some things out, I'd say one nothing. LAFC. Okay, okay, okay. Um I, I still think LAFC is due to give somebody a butt kick in the way that things have gone. I know that they just beat Columbus three nothing, but those last two, the, yeah, right. and those last two goals came as you were talking about, like in the final ten minutes. I would right. have to look at the exact numbers, but right. you know, it, uh, Diamande comes on as a second half sub. He gets the goal late to make it two nothing, and then pretty much Columbus was an empty stadium, and Vela hits a wonder strike after he runs they're, past they're, three Columbus They're always players. an empty stadium, Rooks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they saved the crew, Dan. They saved the crew, all right? Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I actually, 
because young players, you don't know what you don't know sometimes. So I could actually see Dallas getting a goal in this game, but I still I'm, I'm with you. You said two one. I'm going to say three one in that game uh, for LAFC. And then come Sunday out there in Frisco, you said one nothing for LAFC. Oh gosh, you know what? This team this, they drew against these guys. I think both times last year. Um, and I think if you take four of a possible six points over a four-day stretch against the yeah. same team, you're still looking pretty good. Yeah. So I'm going to call it 1-1 out there in Frisco. All what do you think? Shouts. Yeah, all good shouts. I mean, I, I'm glad that we have some different picks because I, I got some ground to make up, buddy. <laughs> uh, if you've been keeping uh, tabs with us, first of all, <laughs> you've been wagering with me. You've been making money. Um, but, uh, yeah, so 1-1 one, one for me, one nothing for you for LAFC out there on the Sunday noon local Pacific start time. Sunday also features the Galaxy back at home against a team that has yet to even taste a victory yet, the Colorado Rapids. And and uh, what this I would say so is, is, is could, it, could, so it, could it be a trap game? No, it's not a trap game. Galaxy going to smash them two nothing. Uh, Colorado um, coaching change, players on the way out. Benny Fallhyber gone. Um, the thing about Benny that's funny is Benny just speaks his mind, and I re- I respect the hell out of him for it because he he tells you what he thinks it is. Um, even if it's, if you think it's black and he's like, no, that's Brown, uh, he will not back off. And that's why Benny's probably no longer in Colorado. But at the same time, that's why, you know, he's a stubborn player to play against. You watched every single game of his last season with LAFC. He's class. Uh, that's why Kansas city opened, uh, welcomed him, welcomed him back with open arms. And this is one of the issues with what the hell's going on in Colorado is they can't figure out how to make good players play play well there and if you if i mean from co from the coaching debacle the leadership has to be in question uh same thing that went down with friedel and, and burns uh for for the the gm uh president vp soccer operations um to use this coach escape scapegoat he's got his fingerprints all over this roster and now he's make he's the one making changes with an inexperienced connor casey at the helm so who is in charge you know, and no one knows. That's the problem. Um, it, this, well, this, keep, keep, uh, keep in mind, this is also a te- this is also a team that actually uh, didn't they win an MLS Cup and then they didn't bring their coach back the next yeah, season. Yeah, it, the ownership the ownership is 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 a disaster, and um, the reality is it's not going to get any better for them. In fact, is is great of a season that LFC may be on the verge of having. Um, it's it's you know such a terrible way to send off. Uh, the best American keeper of all time in Tim Howard um, in his swan song of, of a career, um, because this could be uh, one of the worst uh, seasons ever in Major League Soccer. Um, it, brutal, brutal for, for all those players involved. Um, it's just a just a mess. The organization's been been uh, it hasn't done themselves or the league any favors. And I and I to be fair, you know, for a guy for a guy that 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 roots for this league, uh, I'm of the mindset that when ownership uh, takes this this objective, um, they should get smashed. And and this is what needs to happen in order for them to straighten up. I'm with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and go on record as saying it's gonna be a three nothing win for the Galaxy. I think they get right. An extra they point get for me right there. Perfect. Yeah, they. <laughs> They get if you and for those of you who haven't been with us here before, uh, where have you been? But also, uh, if you if you predict the correct score of the not only the result but also predict the correct score, you get an extra point. So uh, I still have a five point lead over Dan Kennedy going into week twelve of Major League Soccer, and that brings us to we only we don't just pick and wager on the with the monopoly money. Of course, um, we need to get the Vsin uh, Vegas Sports and Information Network on board here, Dan, because they don't talk about MLS at all, and we could be guiding people in the right direction. Um, but I digress. We also pick a wild card game. We also pick another game, which is something that uh, we think is going to happen, give you an idea of where we think something is going in the coming week's games. So, so since you're tr- so since you're since you, uh, if you go to the same pick that I'm gonna go to, I am gonna, I'm gonna come over there to your house right now and just wake up the, well, I'm gonna wake up the kids and walk oh, out the dude, door. This okay, is, this is so easy. All right, um, what do you got? It's a, you know, May 18th, 5:30 Pacific time, uh, which means it's 7:30 local 
in uh, in Kansas City as Sporting no! Kansas City on Vancouver you bastard! and no! just smash him, just smash him three nothing because it's written Vancouver. on my paper right here. It's written <laughs> on my paper right here. Sporting Kansas City versus Vancouver. I don't care if Sporting Kansas City is 11th. They have too much talent to be sitting where they are in the league. How? You, do you have cameras in my place right now? Seriously, do you have cameras in my home right now? And and people, this is the week that I got inside Rogo's head and everything turned. All right, three nothing Sporting Kansas City, which forces me on the fly to find myself. That's why you always need two, man. Another result. Oh, Dan, you son of a gun. Uh, um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Ah, oh, wow. So as I flip through some of the other possible scores. Um. Wow. San Jose is at home, but they're playing Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, San Jose. Do me a favor. Form. Uh, you got Real Salt Lake playing host to Toronto FC. You know what? Let's go ahead and just pile it on. Screw it. Let's just go ahead and pile it on. Montreal is actually a decent team. New England, as we have just discussed, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. right now. So let's go to Stade Saputo and out yeah. there in uh, Le Impact de Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say the impact are going to get a Saturday one o'clock start time in the Eastern time zone. Montreal is going to grind out a one nothing win I against like the Rams. I like that. How do you like me now? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good on the fly pick. I would have, I would have uh, probably picked Hotlanta uh, over Vancouver, but um, you can't, I think you probably got that one right anyway. All right. We came, we saw, we picked, we uh, we discussed, we broke it all down. Um, next week, folks, it's, it's been a busy couple of weeks for us here for both Dan and I, and uh, including all of our Mother's Day festivities. So next week we will uh, we'll aim to bring a special guest back in the fold. But hey, you can't really go wrong with a couple of goalkeepers breaking it all down for you with DK and Rogo here. Am I right? Come on, baby. Come on. <laughs> Uh, enjoy the week. Uh, we will rehash things next week when we come right back with uh, week 13, I believe it is, of, uh, of Major League Soccer. And until then, you can follow me on The Real Rogo on Instagram, at mrogandino on Twitter. And DK, we find you at Dan Kennedy. That's it. That one Dan Kennedy. At one Dan Kennedy. Of course, he's a goalkeeper. you got to have that number. That's right. That's right. All right, DK, let's make it a good weekend. Right, enjoy the matches. Enjoy the See matches. Thursday. And uh Say hello to that lovely family for me and uh, we'll hit him straight next week. Hey, straight, sure tell, all, t- tell all your friends. Keep it right here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. It's the only place you find the ins and outs of MLS, LAFC, and the LA Galaxy. Believe it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.